You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number 38. Have you ever been not invited to something by friends and totally turned it on yourself? Have you ever been dumped or not asked on a second date only to search yourself for what you did wrong or why you weren't good enough? Has a friend or family member said something that really offended you and you searched yourself obsessively for why they said that to you? Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to taking things personally. This and so many more things have probably happened like it if you are someone who internalizes other people's behaviors. If you're someone who identifies in yourself that you take things personally, you've probably heard yourself say things like, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Wasn't I pretty enough? Why wasn't I good enough? Maybe I should have done this or that differently. All of those statements focus on you. And the problem with this is that when you internalize other people's behaviors and make it personal, you feel sad, stressed, worried, feel guilty, and even get angry. But what if I told you that there is a way to stop taking things personally? You've probably heard this before. Other people's opinions of you aren't your business, or what other people think about you is not about you. And I 100% agree with those statements, but I'm also going to tell you one that's a little bit different, so you can keep this in the forefront of your mind too. Other people's actions and behaviors can never be about you. Never. So when you take things personally, you are actually the one making it about you. I'm going to expand on this today, so stick with me and we'll dive right in with three easy steps to stop taking things personally. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny, so let's get started. Okay, so for those of you who know my story, you know that I was emotionally abused for 20 years by my ex-husband. While I was dating him and married, I had no idea that I was being abused and I'd never been pushed or hit or slapped or anything like that. He never punched any walls or threw any dishes. And in fact, I never heard him say a single cuss word in 20 years. Nonetheless, it was still abuse. It was hidden abuse. It was manipulation, gaslighting, coercive control, silent treatments, word salads, circular conversations, financial abuse, and a whole lot more. But I still didn't know it was abuse. When I finally figured out that it was in fact abuse, I started to make my escape out of there. I knew I could not stay with an abuser. So I planned my escape, got out very quickly, and began my healing journey. Because of all the abuse I went through, I was also someone who took things very personally. So if you're here, please know I've been there too. I understand how this feels and how you just want it to go away. 
The emotions tied to taking things personally are not good ones and we want them to stop. I was able to do this for myself so that's why I'm here so I can tell you what I did so you can start to implement this practice for yourself. Okay, so first thing I want to mention is that when you take things personally, you are perceiving a situation or a comment as a direct attack or criticism towards you. I get it. I really do. If you know you take things personally and someone says something like, you're an idiot, you hear the words and search inside yourself for what could make this person think you're an idiot. Well, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Maybe I am an idiot, right? This is what we do. We turn all the focus back on us. This can cause conflicts in relationships and negatively impact your mental health. So it's important to understand why this happens and how to change it. But if you don't take things personally, it's because you have a different set of subconscious beliefs. And if this is the first time you're hearing me, the subconscious mind drives 95% of the show. It's all the things that you've been programmed with since the day you were born. If you have low self-worth, then you will put the focus on yourself. If you have high self-worth, a comment like you're an idiot won't phase you at all. And I also want you to know, this kind of thinking can stem from a few different places. Low self-esteem and self-worth, but also having a heightened sense of self-importance. And usually it's always accompanied by a lack of information on how to process what goes on inside of you when you take things outside of you personally. So most people who try to stop taking things personally first usually feel really down about themselves. Then what they'll normally do is call up every person they know and ask them if they did something wrong. They will tell their story to anyone who will listen and try to get feedback. Maybe post it in a Facebook group or on some other social media platform. I said this, I did that, they said this, they did that. Was it me? Did I do something wrong? When people are doing this, they are trying to get validation from outside sources to take the personal blame or responsibility off of themselves so they can feel better. This is totally normal if you find that you take things personally a lot, right? This isn't abnormal at all. People will sit and mull over the issue for hours, days, or even weeks. I used to do this too. Running the scenarios through their mind, trying to figure out what they did wrong, and inspecting every little detail to find something to latch onto and to make sense of. And the reason why is because they are taking it personally automatically, but they are trying not to take it personally to feel better. The reason this doesn't work is because the program running the show in your subconscious mind is actually the program that says to take it personally. So regardless of who they call, how many people reassure them, conversations they have, when even the offender clears the air or makes excuses, it won't matter. You'll still make it about you and take it personally if that's your program. When you keep trying to stop taking things personally by getting opinions from friends and searching your mind for answers to what you did wrong, you just keep spinning. You stress out, you feel awful, you might even have physical symptoms, you're reeling over it for days and days, repeating the conversations to multiple different people or maybe the same people for weeks and weeks and have a hard time focusing on anything else. For a lot of people, this is excruciatingly painful and can even affect you physically. You might feel sick to your stomach. Maybe you can't eat. 
have digestive problems, headaches, TMJ, you name it. It affects your physical body as much as your mental and emotional states. So if you identify as having a heightened sense of self-importance or low self-esteem and taking things personally, then I will share with you some information on how you can stop. If you have a pen and paper, I'd love to invite you to write this down. Number one, check your programming. Usually people hear a comment, see a behavior, experience something unpleasant, and immediately, without question, think about themselves. We do this because we've been trained to do this over the years. Maybe when you were a child, you came home from school and told your mom that you got into an argument with your best friend. If your mom said, oh dear, what did you do to make them so upset? That will be part of your programming for the rest of your life. That will be part of what makes you look inward and say, I must have done something wrong. This must be my fault. Even though it's quite possible you did nothing wrong at all. Let's say you came home and your mom said, oh dear, that's really unfortunate. These kinds of things happen between friends at all ages. It's even happened with my friends and we're adults. Your perception will be shaped much differently. So be curious here and take a look at your programming. What have you been programmed with that has you pointing the finger at yourself? If when you were growing up and highly impressionable, your family was, let's say, big on things like, what will people think? Or you're embarrassing our family. Then of course, you're going to make it all about you and what you did wrong or what you could have done differently. You end up walking on eggshells inside your own mind. So an action step you can take here is to write down all the things that you were taught to believe growing up. Things your parents said, teachers, siblings, even things you learned in your community, your culture, religion, and society. Write them down and then look at that big list of programming. It is usually a very revealing exercise. Okay, so for number two, pick out one or two of these programs and challenge it. This is a pretty easy place to start. Let's say you discover one of the things that you've been programmed with by your parents is that children should be seen and not heard. This is one most people have probably heard of, maybe not by their own parents, but at least at some time in their life, which by the way is pretty ridiculous because I don't know any children who just sit there like dolls to be seen and not heard. Anyway, let's just say that this is a program running your life. As a child, you never feel like your voice is important. You would never feel validated. You might feel afraid to stand up for yourself. You may be afraid to say no. You'll probably let people walk all over you and be unable to set boundaries, maybe even the victim of mistreatment and abuse. That simple statement has a huge impact. It's not a good one either. So to challenge the statement, start writing down why it's not true in all cases. Why should children be seen and heard? What's the benefit to them being seen and heard? Where is the flaw in the argument that children should be seen and not heard? Even if you believe this yourself, you can still start poking holes in that argument. You just have to be open to thinking of different possibilities. That is the key. Be open. And if you've been following along on this podcast and you've been trying these things and having success, I'm so happy for you. And that makes me really excited. So keep going. But if you need extra support and you want me to guide you through this in my coaching program, one-on-one, that's an option for you too. The stuff I teach on this podcast is really 
just the tip of the iceberg. This is just what you get for free. So reach out for a free call to see if we are the right fit to work together so I can help you along your healing journey if you need additional support. Okay, so for number three, you have to remember everyone has a filter with which they see the world. Every different person on this planet has a different filter. Do you remember those little plastic viewfinders that we had as kids? And maybe they even have, have them now. They have a little round disc with all the little pictures and images inside. Think of those like the filter. I think they were called 3D viewfind, viewmasters or viewfinders or something like that. You pull the little lever and a new picture would circulate through the window. And every time you pull the letter, lever, a new picture would come up. This is how we all see the world, but we have different little discs with different images as our unique filters. No two people have the exact same filter. So if your filter programming has you seeing other people's behaviors as a reflection of you, then of course you're going to feel bad, maybe sad, angry, upset, guilty, or whatever. But if your filter and programming sees clearly that people have their own filter and their own programming, and that has them behaving how they behave and thinking how they think, the reality is it cannot not possibly be about you to take it personally. Let me give you an example. One of my clients had been rejected on some dates after only just a couple, just one or two. Sometimes she was even ghosted. She kept thinking things over and over, like, what did I do wrong? Wasn't I pretty enough? I dressed with the best clothes and shoes, and I was funny. What happened? She went through the entire date and combed through every word that she said and all of the things that happened to try to find something that she could pin on herself. Her filter was that if someone didn't want to date her, there must be something wrong with her. But there's a flaw in this because the person she went on a date with has their own filter too. They were seeing her and how she behaved and how she dressed and how she spoke through their own filter. It could have been something simple like she reminded him of his mother who was very smothering. Who knows? It could have been that after meeting, he realized his own insecurities about being with a woman who was much more intelligent and humorous than he was. So... When I worked with her on this, we were able to uncover subconscious beliefs she had about herself and then reprogram those. But recognizing the filter is so important because it helps you not take things so personally. Then what happened was she was able to go on future dates fully accepting of herself and realizing that other people's filter really isn't about her at all. Recognizing that everyone has a different filter is so empowering. It takes away the judgments of how people see you. So let me ask you, if you went on a date and were ghosted or told the person didn't want to date you again, would you make that about you? Would you immediately think there's something wrong with you? Would you think like my client was thinking? What if you knew it couldn't possibly be about you? Let me ask you, have you been in a situation where you met someone and knew right away they were not the kind of person you'd want in your life? I'm assuming you'd say yes. And do you think all people see that person the way you did? Or are there other people who do like them, maybe even love them? So you see, it can't possibly be about them. It's about how you see them. The same way it's not about you, it's about how others see you. 
and how others see you is through their filter. So you can stop taking it personally. Now I'll say this, just doing these three things is going to help you stop taking things personally, but this kind of thing takes practice. You will need to create new neural pathways in your brain so that you no longer automatically think things related to your programming. You have to reprogram those things so that the new automatic is that it can't be about you. And when you do this repetitively, the new neural pathways are in control and automatic. So you stop feeling emotions like fear and worry and anxiety and guilt and low self-worth. When people say things or behave in ways that make you wonder what you did wrong or why you weren't good enough or leave you questioning yourself. So the other thing I wanted to mention is the ego. Our ego is in full force when we take things personally, not in the traditional way you think of someone being highly egotistical. The ego isn't necessarily a bad thing unless it starts affecting how you feel, your mood, allowing you to slip into victim mentality or superiority. The ego is highly conscious. And what we're trying to do here is get to the subconscious. Remember, the conscious only runs 5% of the show. So when you're taking things personally, you can be sure you're operating on that conscious 5% of your brain. I want to make something clear in case it's confusing. When people say conscious versus unconscious, most people would think logically that it's better to be conscious, right? Logic, reason, etc. You're not using emotion while you're in logic. Conscious even sounds like awake or aware. But here's the thing, because you're only using 5% of your consciousness, which is a tiny, tiny percentage, it's way more beneficial to reach the subconscious and reprogram or rewire what's in there. When that happens, you actually become more conscious. The subconscious is just running a program, like a computer. So if 95% of your computer is running programs that say, it's my fault, I can't do anything right, I should be better, I should be what people want me to be, something's wrong with me, okay, hear me out. Then even when you logically know that you are a good person, that nobody's perfect, that you do things right a lot, it will not matter. Your conscious mind just cannot win a battle against a 95% giant of your subconscious. So what you want to do is change the programs in the 95%. And the way you do that is with practice using all the tips and techniques that I explain on this podcast. So check your programming, challenge it, and then remember that everyone has a filter, even you. If this has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend. Subscribe and review my podcast and five stars would be amazing. It helps spread the message to others so that they can find healing too. And if you're anything like me, you want to help as many people as possible. Also, I'm giving you an open invitation to message me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me at allison at whentearsleavescars.com. If you have any questions about it or need additional clarification, I'm here for you. I love hearing from listeners and I'm never too busy for you. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook 
And you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in